time to get cozy and watch a Christmas movie. Cuddle up with a cutie and watch a Christmas movie. It's a podcast in a queer tree. Hello, and welcome back to a podcast in a queer tree, a podcast where we talk about Vanessa Hudgens and her many, <laughs> many attributes. Oh. My name is Nicole. <laughs> And I'm Scott. Hi, Nicole. Hello. Welcome back, Scott. So nice to see you again. We have a special guest today. Welcome, special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Thank you. Good to be here. My name's Hadley. Uh, uh, two truths and a lie about me are I'm a librarian I live in Toronto and don't have a driver's license. I apologize that I winged that. <laughs> you nailed great. it. No one, no one will ever know <laughs> if you can truly drive or not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, if they need a ride, they're taking a gamble if they, if they call me. Exactly. Um, so well, this the... is off to a great start. I'm, <laughs> I'm killing, killing it, it so far. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. You fit right in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the movie we're talking about today is the second Netflix Christmas franchise, <sighs> The Princess Switch, from 2018. Here is a synopsis. This synopsis is from IMDb, and it is so funny. It's I don't know why it's so funny to me. <clears throat> Competing in a Christmas baking competition in Belgravia, a Chicago baker bumps into the prince's fiance, who looks just like her. They switch lives for two days. That's it. <laughs> that's, that's very that's... succinct. Quite. Yeah. It does not hint even in the slightest at how insane this movie is. <laughs> um, let's talk about bingo cards. Hadley, did you get a bingo? Oh, yes. I did get a bingo. Oh my gosh, tell um, us about it. Okay, so the line is, and if some of these don't count, I will accept that. But they all count. Okay. Yeah. Bad, oh, thank you. Bad blue screen. There's a scene <laughs> where they're riding horses. <laughs> Either like their lighting was really weird or it was definitely a blue screen. Yep. So I, the yeah, entire movie is a bad blue screen. <laughs> oh really yeah well every time the two hudgens are on screen together oh that's true and yeah. pretty much a lot of other scenes <laughs> it's There's a lot of blue screen yeah. i thought yeah I, I actually have a note i think about you know congratulating whoever has bad blue screen on their bingo card because <laughs> it's a real uh, gimme with this one yes so got that one early on Blatant product placement. Um, the uh, the lady uh, Delacorte and Kevin watch Netflix together, and um, I love that so much. Like, oh, should we watch The Christmas Prince? Um, and then they do. <laughs> yeah. So that's beautiful. Uh, we're just friends. I I'm not sure if I got that because. Does that count for any movie that has friends in it? Because well, Stacey and Kevin 
are just friends. Yeah, where where characters literally say, "Yeah, we're just friends," the way that Kevin does. Um, uh, uh, so I got that one. Um, not I couldn't find a clear definition of the Duvernay test with my cursory googling, but I understand it's like the Bechdel test. Um, the maybe the test is that they that it's a person of color who isn't just like a side piece in a white person's life is that the idea Pretty yeah. Much. yeah it's that a, a, there's a character that is a person of color in the film or the tv show and they have lives that are fleshed out they have their own motivations their own storylines agency we know things yeah agency the decisions they make impact the like trajectory of the story they're not just there as plot devices for white character storylines okay then, so yeah, I think it passes that. Um, although the characters are not very deep, I will, I will say. <laughs> the main problem with me adding Duvernay test to this particular project is that none of the characters are really fleshed up. That yeah, part. exactly. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't feel good about their kind of representation. I feel. It was cast, maybe the casting was diverse, but the writing, I don't think, considered any other cultures or cultural experiences. Um, and then finally, photographer. Uh, there is uh -huh. one part where the, the, the like footman of the footman oh, yeah. man of the king Frank. is like spying on them. Yeah, Frank. Yep. <laughs> um, and he has a camera, so that yeah, counted as photographer. Yep. And so I got a bingo. Congratulations. Thank you. That's... Well done. Okay, Scott, why don't you go next? <laughs> um, okay, so I, I also had blatant product placement and I'm, I'm really delighted with this product placement because it is Netflix. Um, I had a supportive BFF, uh, although in this case, what is uh what's his name again the stacy's friend kevin 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 yeah um i've i in my notes i kept referring to him as her bf chef Ooh, that's good that's thank nice. you um i had eavesdropping yep um i had got off on the wrong foot because he nearly runs her down yep oh yeah um and i had wedding weirdness uh just because <laughs> she throws the bouquet and catches it herself. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> just just one weird. of the many weird things about that wedding. Good point. Good point. Um, so, yeah, I got, a, I got a line from that. I would also argue that the, um, even though the wedding works out well in the end, um, the, like, main motivation for the wedding before the switch occurs is weird. What even was it? Just some kind of trade alliance? Yeah, like fortifying European power or consolidating or whatever. Micro, micro-nation power. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's weird. I mean, yeah. that's how that's how royal marriages happen, though, right? Like they don't. Sure. Yeah. They don't live this. They don't live in the same world we do. They're like. Oh yeah. And now these two shall marry, and a hundred percent. Congratulations! You get to watch your husband play. Uh, polo today that sounds like a living nightmare yeah. <laughs> every word in that sentence i hate it 
Um, so I also got a bingo. I almost got two lines. Nice. I could, if there had been another woman in this movie who wanted that dick, I would have gotten two lines, but I could not for the life of me find a competing woman. Yeah, because I nobody else wants any dick. Really really wanted to avoid any kind of conflict, I think. They weren't gonna bring that in. Zero conflict. Um, So mine were seasonal festival because there's the Santa's village. Uh, yes. shirtless guy contrivance when Kevin shows up to get toothpaste. <laughs> um, Kevin is he, jacked. Oh my god. Kevin is jacked. Yeah. Um, eavesdropping horses. I had horses. Yeah. That was Yes, nice. I had horses too. Uh, and wedding weirdness. Another... So I also marked off... This wasn't part of my line, but I also marked off overt homoerotic tension, which I am very excited to talk about when we get there. Yes, I had that as well. Very excited. I'm I'm curious if we got the same overt homoerotic tension, Scott. Maybe not. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Yeah. Blow Alice in a kiss for me, Hadley. Um, that one was from Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> why would it be from me? <laughs> that, that would be a little forward. That <laughs> would be a bit weird. Um, okay, so I am going to start us off with this movie. The opening scenes are of a Chicago skyline and whatever, whatever. Listen. I'm right off the bat, you're gonna have to listen to me talk about what I will argue to the grave is the greatest television show of all time. It's called Nashville. It's about country music singers. The ding dong who plays Prince What's His Noodle. I don't even fucking remember his name because who cares? I literally Edward. don't remember. Edward, Edward thank you. Yeah. Literally yeah. couldn't remember his name. I call Edward. him Dollard in my notes everywhere. <laughs> Dollard, perfect. Dullard. In my notes, he's Gunner because his name in Nashville is Gunner. Oh, he's on he, Nashville? He's on Nashville. Okay. He plays, so he is British in real life. Believe it or not, that accent hmm. is real. Um, but he Sorry. plays a like twangy Southern brooding country music star in Nashville for the entirety of the series. He's like a, a significant character in Nashville. No one likes him. He's the world's biggest man, baby. He hmm. sings the... Uh, the song in this movie, the one of the opening credits and the closing credits. He's oh, a interesting. Wow. He's I actually trend. made a note of that. That, yep. that it was like a bouncy little number at the. Yep. That's that's cool. That's him, and like he's for all his ding dongness, of which there is a significant amount. He has. He's a very skilled uh, singer and musician. He's interesting. A, a real highlight of Nashville was that the people who were on Nashville were singers and Nashville is amazing. I could talk about Nashville forever. Um, anyway, so we open <clears throat> with Gunnar Scott of Nashville moonlighting as Prince Edward in the princess switch, um, singing our theme song. And then we go directly to the bakery where Kevin, the sous chef in a bakery, is that? Is that a That's thing? a thing. I had a yeah. friend who said she had that job. Once, oh, okay. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, he has a cute daughter named Olivia, to whom 
uh, Stacy is godmother. Yes. That sounds right. For some reason, there's a Christmas baking contest in Belgravia, which Scott, you and I know, Hadley, you might not know this, Belgravia is part of what is uh, lovingly referred to as the Netflix holiday movie universe. Oh, really? Oh, buckle up. Scott, would you like to explain the NHMU? <laughs> in, insofar as that is possible, uh, the movies are all connected, at least a little bit. Um, in the case of this one, it's really just that they're watching Netflix and they see the other movies on the on the interface. Right. Um, in in one of them that we watched already, Christmas Christmas Prince. Christmas Prince, yeah they they talk about Belgravia, mm -hmm. um, but it 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 doesn't take place in Belgravia. It takes place in some other made up micronation. But we see a map, okay. and on that map, there's like Latin nonsense everywhere, and then. There's the country, the fictional European country in question in The Christmas Prince, which I've already forgotten the name of. Yeah. And the other fictional European Eurasiatic country in question in Christmas Prince. And then Belgravia is not named, but is on that map. It's right in the middle. Oh, wow. In Christmas Prince 3, which I, by that point, Christmas Prince 3 came out last year in 2019. So that would have been a year after Princess Switch. So they had time to like integrate these into the same universe. Right. Yeah. Wow. Okay, that's amazing. Does this map like resemble Earth or is it just like a fantasy map? Uh, it's or is it vague? Uh, yeah, it kind of looks like it looks like a map as we know it, but it sort of looks like Middle Earth. Oh, wow. Like that okay. style. Because, yeah, I must admit, I did not know that there were movies like this like that are just so uh idiotic thank you yeah <laughs> i i didn't want to come in all negative but like they're just <laughs> just like missing so much like not trying to do anything new um but just like making sure they hit the notes like yes. a friendly mysterious magic man who doesn't really play a role but he's there and then um happily ever after i that i know from the romance novel uh world not not i'm not a part of that community but i observe it on goodreads and um i know that happily ever after is sought after by many people i imagine it's the same um for christmas movies uh but yeah, this I was like surprised she went from Chicago, which is a real city, to Belgravia, which is not real. And I was constantly trying to be like, well, which, like, is this a real place um, that they're just like portraying terribly? Or um, is it like a made up place that is meant to be like a direct obvious mirror? The best I could come up with was like, maybe they're in Monaco. Um, but I guess if everything in the universe is a bunch of micronations, then I guess it's all just Monaco. It's all just... Uh... I actually had a note about this, watching this movie, because it, it's starting to get to me a little bit how all of these made-up micronations are basically throwbacks to the 1950s or 1960s. Like, why are they never futuristic, like Wakanda or something? Oh, yeah. Why is it always this weird retrograde 
kind of trip back to a, a more cozy time for white people, basically. I think your answer is, I think you just answered your question. I mean, question, yeah, I've, I've answered my own question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just in case anyone from Netflix is listening. Yeah, <laughs> we have you figured out. Um, yeah, I mean, I think this, uh, well, Princess Switch was filmed in Romania, which I believe the same location as the Christmas Prince franchise yeah. was filmed in Romania. So they bought some property there, basically. And they're just yeah, I think Netflix, movies. Yeah, Netflix like owns a couple acres for those like wooded horse riding scenes and what have you. <laughs> um, and well, they those. <laughs> yeah, they really do. So yeah, I think that like all of these European micronations that we've seen are like some sort of like Luxembourg Belgian-esque. I, yeah. I think this movie was also filled in Bel filmed in Belgium a little bit as well. Um, but sort of like that like Western European, like French German sort of vibe to it. They're all just right. supposed to be like bland clones of one another in that way. Okay, so they are going uh, Kevin and Olivia have sneakily entered Stacy's baking in the Belgravia annual Christmas international baking contest or some combination of those words which exists for some reason that we don't find out and Stacy's like absolutely not I'm not over Paul yet we were together for <laughs> two years we broke up and then the next scene she's walking down the street and who the fuck does she run into Paul <laughs> Who is Paul, a fucking dick, by the way. Yeah, Paul's a dick. He's dating someone new. And also a dick. Also, she's also kind of a dick. Um, I wrote down, when she meets Paul on the street, all I wrote down is in quotation marks, fuck you, Paul, I'm going to be a princess. <laughs> Which I believe <laughs> I was watching this. You're right. Uh, yeah, I believe I was watching this um, on Netflix party with my friend Jacqueline. And I'm pretty sure when she, <clears throat> like, right after they interact on the street, she, like, calls Kevin and she's like, we're going to Belgravia or something. I believe she, Jacqueline was like, fuck you, Paul. I'm going to be a princess. Exactly. What she, I wrote it down because what she actually, she just, it, it's almost like there's a, an ADR, like, looped over it because she turns away and you just hear her say, I guess we're going to Belgravia. And I'm like, Really? <laughs> as simple as that do you have any pets like do you have any is anyone depending on you now nicole i'd like to jump in at this point it's fucking millennials yep. we've talked about a lot of a lot has happened so far in the movie right would you agree like we've yeah. we've I mean, established the characters and their relationships we saw yep. the bakery we learned this crazy thing about the contest then she ran into her ex and had and now made we're this in, change in her heart to, to go do the contest. And now we're in Belgravia. Yeah, we've watched, it's got to be like 20 minutes worth of movie, right? What, what, Mark, what time are we at, Scott? Six minutes, Nicole. <laughs> six minutes. So six minutes into this movie, we're already in Belgravia preparing for the international Christmas baking contest. I was sitting there this morning checking the time at the six minute mark <laughs> thinking you know 
I don't usually get time effects from cannabis, but <laughs> and here you are. Surely I've I've been sitting here for half an hour. But no. This feels that way. Yeah. It what a bizarre script. Like, take it easy, guys. You've got time. You're Netflix. Like, make it as and long like, as you need to make it. And to that point, it's like they show up to this cottage. And I think she's wearing the same thing. Like, did they yeah. leave immediately? She left immediately for the <laughs> She went back to the store and she was like, okay, let's go. And they just left. Now, hold on. In that same six minute period, doesn't she also meet the weird little gremlin guy? Oh, yeah. He's like ringing a bell That's on the right. street. Salvation yeah. style thing. Uh, he's referred to in my notes as Christmas wizard. Christmas wizard. Yeah. Christmas yeah. clan, clan wizard, like, maybe. For some reason, he's really interested in like how things go for her, and like I guess you know magically following her around to like make sure he gives her the hints that will end up with her getting married to the prince. Yeah, um, now like why is this guy this, so invested? If yeah. this was an X Files episode, <laughs> she would be part of a cloning program that they're trying to use to overthrow governments. It's on my blog. You can read all about it. <laughs> then they have to immediately go to the baking contest scene to like set up, take inventory, make sure they're like ready for the baking contest, which is in three, three days, I believe, from now. And this is where... Uh, Stacy DeNovo, is that her full name? DeNovo? DeNovo. Stacy DeNovo bumps into Princess Margaret, Duchess of Montanaro. <clears throat> Plot not, twist. Not Montenegro. Not Montenegro. <laughs> no. <laughs> Which is a real place. Um, and spoiler alert, they look exactly the same. This movie is called Princess Switch, not because it's about a princess who is switchy, uh, but because it's about someone who switches place with a princess. I had that same, I honestly thought there was going to be a BDSM element to this. Oh, well, there is. Well, we all hoped that would be the case, but it's... <laughs> there, there absolutely is, just not the one implied by the title. Where? Oh, okay. You tell me Curious. when we get there. Yeah. yeah. That went even over my head. I feel like I'm usually the one pointing these things out. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so where do you suppose we are in the in the time check in the movie <laughs> at this point, Nicole? Because uh, a lot has happened. They've got to Belgravia. She's gotten oriented, and then she meets her twin through a weird contrivance. So she meets her twin, and then does she immediately agree to switch places with yeah, her? immediately. There's, there's like hardly even an explanation given for it. I was watching that over again. She's just like, I'd rather have some time out of the spotlight. Will you switch places with me for two days? Yes. I don't like, I, I, like I feel like at least 15 minutes have gone by. 10 minutes, we, Nicole. <laughs> 10. 10, 10 minutes. Went, so we're 10. at the 16 minute mark? No, no, 10 total. <laughs> Okay. Wow. And that's 10. She's already agreed to do it <laughs> at 
10. 10 minutes. <laughs> wow, they cover a lot of ground in this movie. They really do. Uh, I've got a few things to catch up on here. Um, Brianna Michaels is there. That bitch, Brianna Michaels. <laughs> Brianna Michaels, last year. who From- sauced Professor Kendall's berries. <laughs> right? What the fuck oh. was that? She's slut shaming Brianna, who, granted, is terrible, but that was rough. also pretty terrible. Yeah. Like, take it easy. It was rough. Um, the proposition that her twin makes to her, this, this is basically the, pro- the plot of Roman Holiday, the, uh, the Audrey Hepburn movie, mm. her, her first big movie, where she plays a princess who uh, basically runs away from uh, a royal visit and dresses like a common person and gets led around the city and has a lovely vacation and then has to go back to her royal life. So that's basically like half of this story is. And then the other half is the equally crazy story. Um, Um, So, but we do establish that they're related. They have like a distant cousin, Eugene, Simon. Oh yes, who like fled to America because of a scandal. Yeah. Right. Right. So they are related and it's just like uncan- their uncanny resemblance being distantly related is like explained. I have to say at this point, um, I really had an epiphany because I think this is the point where they are having tea at the palace and like sort of there's like a montage there's a studying montage where they're learning each other's lives because they've agreed to do this switch so like um stacy has to teach margaret the secret handshake she has with olivia and stacy has to learn the family tree of the royal family one of them is obviously getting the better deal here i can't imagine a worse fate than pretending to be a duchess for two days yeah but it was and uh, and in the sequel, which came out like today or yesterday, yeah. it's they add a third, a third role for Hutchins. There's a cousin. Oh no! Oh my <laughs> goodness! Oh wow! Yeah. yeah. So that'll be something. Um. So I will say though, Stacy does agree to do this in exchange for Olivia getting to attend. Yeah, Belgravian she, ballet camp, which she I does it for Liv's sake, which is very nice. Yeah, it's very nice. She has to go to snooty ballet camp. Um, this is also the point where I clocked overt homoerotic tension between Mrs. Donatelli, uh, who is Princess Margaret's, like, you know, right Public servant. Yeah, like right hand person, yeah. uh, and. Um, Stacy. It would be weird if there was sexual tension between Princess Margaret and Mrs. Donatelli because it's very much a like maternal relationship. But I'm like Stacy in this new role. Like there are so many overtly gay lines between them throughout the movie that I will uh, bring up as. All right, I did not detect those. That is not the homoeroticism I had. Oh, I can't wait to hear what it is. <laughs> the, the homoeroticism I had was between the two Hudgenses. <laughs> when, that I can see. When they were doing like the trying on outfits scene, I was like, are they going to make out? <laughs> <laughs> 
Wow. Okay, I'm moving on to Edward showing up unannounced uh, at at Stacy slash Margaret's door. Do either of you have notes? I wrote that he showed up for his evening hand job. <laughs> <laughs> Which would have been pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would have been such a better scene. If, if he's just like, you know why I'm here, baby. And she's like, I don't know. <laughs> Margaret didn't mention this. Yeah, it's a real dick move on Margaret's part not to be like BT dubs. <laughs> um, I am really into the line. Um, I slept like a royal log. Oh my god! I was really. <laughs> I laughed out loud at that. I chortled out loud. That was funny. Mm. And then after that interaction, I mean, it's just brutal. She obviously is doing a terrible job of being Margaret. Um, and Edward leaves and the real Margaret comes out from hiding behind the couch and she's like, you did great. And, we're, and the audience is like, you did not do great. Did, yeah. not do great. <laughs> that was not great. <laughs> oh my God. I, I wrote that, um, like they're both really into the little prince for some reason. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, so Edward and Stacy as Margaret really bond over the little prince. Yeah, yeah, they. It, it's it's funny to me how, basically, in after the first scenes with the ladies meeting their love interests, everyone is on to them. Mm. Like all the assistants. Oh yeah, Liv is on to them. Like everyone, they've done such a bad job. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone immediately knows. Except Don't, the love interests. Except the love interests and the royal couple for, for a while. And then yep. and then eventually they know too. Um, so well, in... Edward showing up was a surprise though, right? He was supposed to be That's away. true. He screwed things up. That's true. As usual. Yeah. Um, so it's after uh, Edward leaves this interaction in now Stacy's chambers as Margaret and um, Margaret has left to go be Stacy. that her and Mrs. Donatelli have this moment. It's just you and me for the next two days. That means for the next two days, I'll do anything for you. Actual line from Mrs. Donatelli or whatever the fuck her name is. Oh. Yeah. There goes the Good fan catch. fiction launching mm -hmm. off. Oh, it's launched. Jacqueline's on it. <laughs> good, good. Um, the next scene I have, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think it's around here. Liv is so going so hard about wanting a new mom. Oh yeah. Like, holy shit, kid. Oh, yeah. Maybe you need to have like a, like a conversation about it. Like really work through that rather than just going ahead and giving her a new mom. Yeah, well, right? I don't know if the, that's the right approach. The, the, the one woman that you see every day that you know, you're like, oh, well, you should marry my dad. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, I think there's something more important going on, kid, that maybe, <laughs> maybe like a child psychologist would be helpful for this kid to... Especially look. since your dad appears to have been hit by a shovel and doesn't realize that he's working next to a drop dead gorgeous woman for the last 10 years but they're just friends they're just yeah they're friends. just friends he's like what stacy huh. is, she, is she even a woman 
<laughs> well, and Stacy too, though. She's like, ew, Kevin. But he's yeah. like, <laughs> he's a smoke show. Even yeah, I Kevin's okay. Him. Kevin's okay. Yeah. Um, at uh, the breakfast scene when uh, Stacy as Margaret is having breakfast with Edward's parents, um, Jacqueline notice, noted that um, Stacy has big fembot energy. She's mm. like, like very proper and like sitting very rigid. And she's like, yes, I slept very well. Thank you. It's like very, uh, very fembot. It was very funny. She's being Shakespearean for some reason. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so Edward is home. He waylaid his trip to Spain, a real European country. Oh, um, that's so weird that they mix, they mix it in there. <laughs> I, I doubt that Spain is impressed. <laughs> <laughs> Spain's like, we would never do business with you. Yeah. Um, so Edward and Stacy slash Margaret are going to go on a horse ride. He's going to spend more time with Margaret before their wedding. Reasonable. And Mr. Edward, Edward's dad, don't know his name. King uh, George. The king. Yeah, king. King George. George. Is his name King George? According to yeah. Wikipedia, yeah. The fucking king's <laughs> name is George. God. So King George is suspect and tells his right-hand man, Frank, keep an eye on her. Yeah. They, um... Prince Dullard and Stacy talk about horses for what feels like 20 minutes and then they and then they go on a little horse ride and she is basically the entire story of this movie I wrote this down somewhere it's because he's he says to her later at the party about playing the piano you can't say no and that's what this movie should be called you can't say no because it's it's just one no one idiotic scene after another where they can't reveal something about themselves like she cannot ride a horse but she'd rather risk getting breaking her neck than simply admitting yeah i can't ride a horse dude um, the scene right before they ride the horse too, uh, it, there's this amazing shot of her. Uh, he's like in with the with the the stable worker and the two horses waiting for Stacy slash Margaret to come. And then there's this like really iconic cheesy movie moment where they he looks up and in the like sun filtered doorway in slow mo. She's like walking oh, yeah, in right. like a fucking barn runway model in her riding outfit. In and a riding outfit. Oh my God, it's so good. I'm yeah. obsessed. It's yeah. so good. That's like a scene from High School Musical. Oh, yes. In their, on their horse ride, Edward is super sexist and condescending yes. to her. I think we all probably hated Edward even more. Edward slash Gunner uh, in this moment. You shouldn't have to deal with state matters. You have a wedding to plan. Yes. Boo. Yeah. And like, what happens later where he redeems himself and becomes a good guy to marry? I feel like they just introduce that problem and then they're like, 
but you know she'll like get him involved in charities and he'll be that's essentially what happens that kind of thing well remember they have that scene where they're looking at all the portraits and he's like there's my old great-grandmother she was a real pistol just like you we could use some more fresh thinking around here (laughs) And, and i think the more time he spends with her now that he's stayed behind from his trip he keeps seeing how she cares about the common people because of course she is one and he i think it just keeps convincing him that he should be doing more of this himself so by the time they get around to the charity and the orphanage and whatever the hell it is um you know he's ready to really pitch in and be at her level and you know it's all very uh democratic at, at that point but, there's uh, there's also a scene before the charitable uh, orphanage scene where Edward, when they're looking at the portrait of his great grandmother, I think, where he apologizes to her, <clears throat> um, and like I would say that that apology, he's like, if my future wife has opinions on matters of state, I want to hear them. Um, so you know, I think his apology, Jacqueline and I agreed, was quote not the worst. Liv is on to Margaret Stacy immediately. Immediately. Like any any sentient person (laughs) or even some plants. Liv immediately knows. The poinsettias in that cottage were like, you're a different person. They're like, bitch, please. Um, So they go, so Liv knows and she's like, she's like, I'm on to you. So they're in on it, which I think is good. Thank goodness Liv knows, honestly. Um, so they live Kevin and Margaret Stacy go to the Christmas village where very heavy handed moment Liv asks Santa for a new mom. Oh my God. As previously mentioned, it's a bit rough. Um, and then Margaret Stacy, uh, is decorating a Christmas (sighs) ornament and says Christmas should be about love. Sure. I don't know. I love the moment <laughs> immediately after that where uh, Liv and Margaret go off somewhere for some reason. They're going to go check out the toy store, but Kevin is still there painting. And they literally do this weird cut where Kevin's like painting, 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 and then suddenly different angle and the creepy old dude is right there. <laughs> I, I literally jumped. It was like, ah. <laughs> <That's amazing. laughs> creepy old dude is interested in how is, this all pans out he, he has an everywhere interest. he needs to know how his clones are doing <laughs> That's are right. they are they ready to take over for the fatherland oh, oh man there's the fan fiction fuck oh. why is he so invested i feel like there is a x-files episode where they like notice people look the same Oh, they, like, yeah. Cloning is a cloning is a, a key plot line of the X Files at one point because his um, Fox Mulder's sister is part of a cloning program or something. At one point, oh, or he right. thinks she is at one point. Like who knows? But <laughs> anyway, wow. Um, so the next scene is the ball at the castle. Um, I hate this piano scene. I hate it so much. Yeah, I hate it's everything gross. about it. It's so gross. It's so terrible. Yeah, it's also, gross. I would like to draw a comparison. This might be lost on you because as far as I know, 
neither of you were uh, eight-year-old girls in 1994. But how there dare is, you? I'm so sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to jump to conclusions, but I feel like I know enough about each of you to say that confidently. Um, but the Olsen twins put out a movie, a big like theatrical release. It was like a blockbuster movie uh, in the mid early nineties called it takes two where they play identical twin. Well, I think that they just happen to look identical. I don't think they're actually related in the movie. I can't quite remember, but one is an orphan in an orphanage and is like, obviously like has an unstable like family situation. And one is like, the very rich daughter of a very rich man and they switch places and one of the plot points in this movie is that the girl who was in the orphanage who lives with the rich family or with the rich dad is like has to perform a piano song at this like schmootsy fancy what do you do um which is basically exactly this scene except she's a child so she like doesn't actually perform um anyway they play this duet and i there are so many people watching and i just hated everything about this scene yep yep super gross um the creepy old guy is at the ball too by the way oh really yeah how did he get an invitation christmas magic yeah like are we supposed to think he's santa claus or something oh my god is he santa claus i don't know no, there's nothing Santa. Some kind of Belgravian holiday gremlin. <laughs> you know, I think Christmas is the most magical time of year, don't you? Stacy slash Margaret offends Edward's parents by calling them out on being totally oh, yeah. shallow and performative about their charity work because yeah. they don't know literally anything about the shelter that the charity ball is for. And then but Edward's she- into it. Edward's into it, but then she's kind of like shamed for it. Um, but then Edward is like, we need to spend more time together so that you can talk more and I can listen to your good ideas. Yeah. That's good. good but the you, like Edward. solution to being more involved with the orphanage is to like give them the gift of your presence and visit sometimes. It's like, all right, now they're really, they're really involved. They're really being a lot more charitable as, um, global aristocrats that's (laughs) and it's like well well maybe i'll save that rant for when they show up at the shelter but Mm. i'm gonna i'm gonna go off on charity again this happens a lot so then margaret and stacy have a phone call this is where kevin pops in just to borrow some toothpaste it's bedtime so (laughs) i'm shirtless no big deal margaret apparently has never seen a shirtless man before I think she's lived a very sheltered life. I think it's possible she has never seen a shirtless man before. She is from Montanaro. Montanaro. At, at this point in my notes, I speculated, and maybe you guys can comment on this. I feel like Netflix rom-coms are approximately 20% hornier than Hallmark rom-coms. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe even more than 20%. I would say that Hallmark rom-coms are for capital C conservatives and um, Netflix rom-coms are, are for capital L liberals. That's what I think. Uh, yeah. Just little, there's little token like things that show like, and we're progressive. Yeah. 
you know, 100%. We, we care about things like orphanages. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Unlike Hallmark. Yeah. And I think, I think the difference in, in the like horniness factor is exactly 20%. I think you like nailed it. With <laughs> so then we're getting into shenanigans. Um, they go to the shelter and make a perfunctory visit and find out that there are no toys for the children on Christmas. That's great. I mean, crime of the century in Belgravia, apparently. And then Edward says, Frank, take us to the toy emporium. I'm not exactly sure what a toy emporium is, but Belgravia has one. Um, And then they get to the toy store to buy toys for the orphans at the orphanage. The toy store? They get to the toy store, the toy emporium. So sorry. (laughs) Sorry. They get to the toy emporium and um, Edward has never played Twister. Okay. There's there there is the kink. Because that was the scene where I was like, holy shit, she is power doming Edward right now. (laughs) Oh oh my my God. God. Pressuring someone to play Twister. She and, totally is. And then I started to really watch for it after that. And she just does that regularly. Like she is telling is she Edward just, what to do like a little sub bitch. Is she just a power top all the I, time? I think she is. I, I think that's the, I think that's kind of why they fall in love with each other. Cause oh. they love that dynamic. Oh, that I, makes sense. I love her so much more now. Yeah. I really respected that. Absolutely. Um, and then the creepy old guy is there again. He saves the day from the two parties colliding in the toy store. Yep, Christmas wizard saves the day, and Mrs. Donatelli showing up with with support of feeling faint, yeah. so Frank doesn't see what's right. going on. Running interference for Frank, yeah. who honestly, Frank, what the fuck is your problem? He sucks. Like, <laughs> what do you even care? <laughs> Frank disappointed me. Meanwhile, before all that happened, there was a brief scene out in the street where the princess and Liv are making their way to the toy store. And Brianna is there again, trying to cause some shit because this reporter guy comes up and he's like, oh, hey, I'm from, I don't know, Cake Competition Magazine or whatever. And we're, we're hearing lots of great things about you. We'd love to do an interview. And Brianna comes up and is like, I won last year. <laughs> and yeah. he's like great yeah the interviewer is like i don't care what a weird scene so weird. brianna brianna reminds me of there's a character in another movie that we watched where there was like this vengeful side character who was just oh the blonde in yeah. um that was in christmas prince no that was in uh jingle bell bride yes yeah, I don't know what is up with these girls, but... Wait, girl hate. I could talk all the time about internalized misogyny and female characters in these movies. Oh, well, there you go. Oh, yeah. it, it doesn't need to happen every time because no one would ever listen to this podcast. Rihanna's got problems. Yeah. Uh, so does Stacy, though. She slut shames her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. The uh, 
the berries. Berry sauce on his your oh, professor's so balls weird, or something. <laughs> they were doing berry sauce play. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, are you ready for my shelter rant? Because that's oh, the next yep. scene. Oh, I've been waiting. So they they do they have this montage in the toy store they buy all these gifts they wrap all these gifts they load them in the car they go to the orphanage shelter whatever the fuck it is and deliver all these gifts and these poor children in the movie are being used as this plot device to like bolster the image of this ding-dong royal who is so bland and boring and terrible and they're like falling over themselves to thank him while not cluing into the fact that this guy could literally end poverty in this country. Like he has the power to make it so that no one is poor or doesn't have a home in this country. Like there aren't many like uh, structures of ruling and countries where that's possible, but a monarchy is such that there's like such power that you could like end poverty. You could mandate wealth distribution to such a degree that everyone has what they need. And he doesn't. Every single day, he just chooses not to do that. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's so weird. Like, what the fuck? That it, it basically takes one conversation with someone who isn't part of the royal family for him to be like, oh, well, maybe we should at least go check the place out once in a while. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but then but then the fact that like her like mission is to visit once in a while like that's her coming in with her like fresh compassionate perspective which is that we should visit once in a while and build a relationship with these uh you know disenfranchised children who live in a group home of like the ratio of like one adult to 30 kids it looks like maybe 20 but still for like all of your care around the clock that's pretty scant i mean Um, they are theater kids they take care of themselves pretty well (laughs) (laughs) but even so there's only so many shows in a given year (laughs) that's right brutal um so then we cut to Kevin and Margaret Stacy. Um, so Olivia has gone to bed. Olivia is obviously the best character in this movie. Are she we all is. in agreement about that? Yes, that little actor is so great. She's so great. And she's also got the best part of the script. Yeah, well, she gets to know all the things, but she doesn't carry the weight of the whole movie. No. She actually True. seems like she's not some kind of dingbat. She's the least ding. She might be the only non-dingbad in this movie. So Olivia goes to bed. Stacy, Margaret, and uh, Kevin watch. This is the blatant Netflix product placement. They watch so Christmas, Christmas Prince. Or Margaret, Stacy, whatever. Margaret pretending to be Stacy is sobbing at the end. Well, first they actually show the inter- they show the interface for a second, and it shows the Christmas inheritance. And then they and then they switch down to Christmas Prince and select that and watch and it's like just a smash. Actually, there's another scene and then there's a smash cut back to where they've just watched the end of the movie. And I forgot that Christmas Prince ends in a New Year's Eve uh, marriage proposal. Oh, does it ever? It's really 
Um, so then, like that happens, and may- maybe do they kiss? I think they kiss she at and some Kevin. point. Yes, because they kiss at some point. Yeah, they yeah. kiss, and then the other scene that it jumps away to for a second is where the prince gives Stacy the family crest. What did you think about that family crest, Scott? I think it looks like a props department knocked that together <laughs> in about half an hour. Um, truth, truth and love. Yeah. So, and then Stacy kisses the prince on the mouth. So at this point, both of them have sexually assaulted the men that they're <laughs> yes with. Yeah. I right? feel especially bad for Kevin. Yeah. Who is yeah. like, oh my gosh, we're we are in love. Yeah. But like he is not he is not in love with Margaret. No. He does not know Margaret. He is thinking this is like his big break with Stacy after years of working together. And then when the reveal happens later, he's just like, oh okay, well they look the same anyway. So <laughs> Great. Potato tomato. <laughs> Maybe we'll get married next year. <laughs> yeah. That... Yeah. I mean, I think that you That is wild. You both raise a good point, which is like kissing or like engaging with someone in a sexy way under false pretenses is assault. It's rapey. It's pretty rapey. Yeah. And I feel like that's an unpopular opinion of this movie because it's like the gender dynamics are switched in a way that like might like cloud analysis in that way. And it's also quote romantic. If all of this was swapped though, and it was Cole and Dylan Sprouse. Oh my God. And and they were like making out with a couple of girls who didn't know who they were, like. I feel like that movie doesn't get on the air in the first place. <laughs> let's true. hope. Let's let's hope not. Yeah, I think that's easily a villain plot with just a little bit of a different tone. Yeah. Big time. Anyway, anyway, it's not it's not quite as light as the movie would uh, like us to believe. It's pretty. Didn't that happen in uh, Face Off with um, <laughs> what are those two actors? John Travolta and Nicolas Cage. Yes. <laughs> Yes. I, I must admit, I did not expect to be talking about face-off in this episode. <laughs> but I'm so glad we are. For anyone who doesn't know, that's the movie where um, Nicolas Cage is a criminal and John Travolta is a lawman, but they end up transplanting their faces with each other for different reasons. There's, you know... <laughs> Starts off, Nicholas Cage you know, steals John, John Travolta's of, of all those great face, reasons, um, which is sitting in a in a tank of water, and then his face is sitting in a tank of water. <laughs> yeah, oh, from yes, surgery. Nicole. It's oh, from yes. surgery. There's it's technology. People and... love this movie, Nicole. <laughs> Should I watch this movie? No, no, <laughs> no one should. I, Never mind. I'm actually a big fan of John Woo, and man, I hate that movie. Oh, it's, that's a John Woo movie. Oh, yeah, yeah it it's his first really American movie. Intense, uh, or one of the first. I, I think the first man. one was Hard Target with John Claude Van Damme, which is also pretty <laughs> bad. 
wow. So anyway, yeah. Face off, Jesus Christ. Face off. Yeah. I yeah, wish. Real- I wish there was some kind of Mission Impossible mask tech going on. In <laughs> Where the, she just keeps ripping off masks, but it's still <laughs> Vanessa Hudgens every time. Um, so the other prop oh. that I wanted to bring attention to is the locket. The that locket. Kevin... Oh my god! What a <laughs> shitty prop. Um, Jacqueline noted uh, in our chat that this locket looks like an old iPad, uh, iPod Mini on a chain. It does. <laughs> yeah. And they took like a Dremel and sawed it open so they'd have like a little hinge on the back. Yep. <laughs> it's Margaret pretending to be Stacy says, let's pretend the kiss didn't happen, even though she just got this iPod mini bucket <laughs> gift. Right. And Kevin's like, yeah, sure. No problem. Yeah, <laughs> He's obviously dying inside. <laughs> Um, I wrote down that Brianna put on her spooky witch lipstick to sabotage the stand mixer. Did oh you notice God, that? Brianna. Yeah. I didn't notice the lipstick thing. I just oh. like the like cutting right through a stand mixer's <laughs> electrical cord. <laughs> I feel like it would take so more, more the- power than a pair of kitchen scissors. Well, kitchen like scissors the- are kitchen scissors cut through meat. So it, it would probably cut through that okay. But yeah, it's it's just a weird thing to do anyway. Like there's gotta yeah. be, what if there's another KitchenAid? Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. That's not a guaranteed sabotage. Although there didn't seem to be one. So no, I, there I wasn't. Guess, I guess she was right about that. But. That there, her berry puree could have been more smooth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, um, so- well delivered by that actor, by the way. Mm, quite um frank is really creepy he's taking pictures of stacy and margaret yet another felony happening yep on that uh in that castle super gross um i have a note that at breakfast someone calls edward prince mothballs i'm assuming it's liv um back in the castle everyone hates frank um this christmas wizard is everywhere creepy old prince mothballs creepy old prince mothballs um i had a line about the the two uh stacy's getting back together and one of them basically having to say look princess i don't know how to tell you this but i may have sucked edward's cock last night Just so you know, I just so you know that. Yes, he thought it was you. Love you, bye. Yeah, he's he's going to be expecting a little something from now on. The creepy old dude is there to cancel the queen too. (laughs) I I actually wrote after after I actually wrote just as a little PS for that note. Is he Satan? Frank. Or the Christmas wizard. Creepy old dude. Is he Satan? Ooh, that's a fun twist. Right? He's trying to get everyone to give in to their desires. Is Stacy the Antichrist? (laughs) And he has to track her. What what was the Christmas wizard actually there for? Like, what was he doing? 
your guess is as good as ours. We were hoping you could tell us. Yeah, I didn't even <laughs> I didn't even write it down. He was at the castle, presumably, right? She's the queen is looking at the pictures that Frank took. And oh, she's walking out. outside, and the Christmas wizard is like shoveling. He's like moonlighting yeah. as like he's there a, on the grounds. groundskeeper. Oh yeah. yeah, and he's like a striking resemblance, wouldn't you say? And the queen, I don't remember what she says in response, but he's it's like, just, "Who the fuck are you?" Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I'm the fucking queen. What the <laughs> hell are you doing? Yeah, I'm not here for chit chat. Yeah. Uh, he is like, he's kind of parallel to the chimney sweep guy in Mary Poppins. Um, in that he's just like, has all the jobs for some reason. Mm. That's part of mm. that guy's character. I just kept waiting on. for some kind of weird reveal, like because there, he was also back in Chicago. And then there's his mm -hmm. counterpart here. So I thought, oh, maybe they're also twins. And there's some kind of weird twin oh. thing going on. Between, That'd be great. But then that never really seemed to materialize, so. No, and he, he is a subplot that does not wrap up. Not really. Like, I guess he's just there to make things feel a little bit more magical. Yeah, he's the magic of Christmas and personified right yep. in a in a creepy little gnome man <laughs> i wonder if he's in the second one i was just thinking that i can't wait to find out mm. um my next notes are at the competition a snowball fight with the fakest snow in the world Has that <laughs> happened yet yes we're in the last scene of the movie which is the competition yeah. my note for that is they're both sad to go back to normal <laughs> True. I don't remember what that refers to. Well, I think everyone is sad that the Chicago people have to go back to Chicago and the European people have to get married even though they don't like each other. But then, of course, that's not really what happens. Yeah, right. Um, my first note at the competition is gotta sauce those berries. Wink. Um, <laughs> because... Stacy spent well, yeah. Stacy spends so much time shaming Brianna for saucing their prof's berries, and then Stacy ends up making a berry sauce without her stand mixer because how do you even do that? Her. I know. <laughs> um, this is the fifty-sixth annual uh, Christmas baking competition. Somehow, there are like twelve people in that. Uh, like studio for filming. I did find that studio pretty weird looking. I guess studios are, but I just like, what is this blank room? Yeah. Like normally, like even, you know, for in a movie that's set on a movie set or like a TV set, they kind of dress it up and like try and give it a mood a little bit. But this was just like a, like a warehouse converted <laughs> into a baking contest <laughs> yeah. set. Nope. Big time. All purpose set. They don't even have spare uh, kitchen stand stand mixers. No. Nope. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is this baking contest? They brought exactly enough, and that's it. <laughs> and, um, and apparently, nobody went around on the set and checked that everything powered up before, like, because it was being broadcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. There's a scene before that where um, the 
princess, the princess is back at the castle, right? Everyone's back where they should be. And um, the royal family or the, the royal parents at this point know that she had swapped herself out. Right. So the, the queen decides to fuck with them and is like, oh, you know what? I don't feel like going and giving out those medals. You guys do it. Yeah. And so there's this weird contrivance to get them all there together. Mm-hmm. And the the princess is pretty stoic about it, but she's like, "Well, fine, you know, I'll I'm gonna tell Edward what happens," which she does, but kind of off mm-hmm. camera. And then Stacy wins the baking competition despite not having a stand mixer, mm-hmm. and literally tries to run out from getting the award. <laughs> she's yeah, like, she yeah, just tries to bail. Good. Yeah, she tries to bail. Um, I, wrote, I wrote that this is the closest we've seen to a triad solving things. Oh, in the uh, in the back room where they're all sorting out. You know what? We actually love each other, and this is fine. I'm like, if you had only gone one step further, you could have had a, <laughs> a crazy four way relationship going here. But uh, yeah, I feel like everyone would have been happier if that were the case. What What have they got to lose? Well, honestly, and, and maybe that is what happens because she throws the bouquet to herself. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Which is just <laughs> so y- yes. So, but before the bouquet throw, I think I would like to point out a <clears throat> possible gay fanfic um, mm-hmm. niche here, which is Kevin and prince edward i think there's a little there's a little tension when they're all backstage working things out there's some like maybe a little there's some like vibes well they're oh you know what though there is uh, with uh, prince edward as a sub that holds for him being like a cuckold in this situation that's true yeah that's true no wonder he's yeah. so okay with it all yeah, yeah. Like, oh, he can't sure. lose. Pass me around. Yeah. That's what he wants. Yeah, true enough. True enough. Maybe he's probably into it. He's like, this is great. <laughs> um, I think so. In this part where they are backstage sorting out all of this, like, I think at this point in the movie, we need to remember that it's been 48 hours. Right. Yes. Everyone is in love after 48 hours. And then they get married. They get married in one year later. And presumably that year rules. Oh, sorry. He proposes. Yeah, they get engaged. They get engaged engaged after two days. 48 hours. (laughs) So, and then her response to being proposed to is, of course. Yeah. Oh, man. I don't know if that's an of course. And it's like, do you even know, like, how his kingdom works? Like, how did, how did, how was it founded? How does, like, their royal family work and what do they do? Are they probably a tax haven? And how do you feel about that as, yep. uh, you know, someone who's not a billionaire despot? Yeah. 
what uh, about their inevitable role in the ongoing colonization of probably many, many countries in the world? Hmm? Yeah. Like even tinier non-white <laughs> nations that yes, they've colonized. Precisely. Easter Island. Yeah. <laughs> God. Anyway, the of course was, I think I chortled out loud in disbelief. 48 hours is not an of course to William yeah. Amy. No. Oh, it's so weird. So Everyone, there's a lot of like missing motivation. Like there's just people don't really have motivations. Like the queen like canceling just to like push the plot forward. Yeah, like, it's like, exactly. She's like, trying to stop something, start something. Christmas magic. I, I, I think I I think I did get the feeling that maybe that the king and queen were like we want to see if this girl is like has she just been fucking with us or like can she like is she for real? Like what's going on with this woman? As you yeah. would. Like she should probably go to jail for what well. she's done. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I have to assume that impersonating a member of the royal family is probably a, a pretty, felony at the very least. It's a high-level crime, right? I if mean, not the royal treason. F- they take themselves pretty seriously. That's their whole yeah. deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, but they so seem then, pretty good-humored about it. If, if really the only way they're going to deal with it is to send her to the baking competition to have an awkward <laughs> scene... <laughs> That doesn't end in a foursome for some yeah, reason. That's Belgravian yeah. justice for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we're at the wedding. It's a year later. Stacy and Edward are getting married. Stacy throws the bouquet to herself, as you've pointed out. <clears throat> Margaret catches it, to which Kevin responds, keep that for New Year's you'll probably you might need it i didn't really understand what that meant why is she gonna need someone else's bouquet on new year's eve are they getting married in five days and she doesn't know about it yet and if so will she be using someone else's bouquet in that new year's eve wedding she doesn't know about Uh, i think you i think that's exactly what we're (laughs) supposed to believe is gonna happen yeah Oh my god. It doesn't make any sense. That does not make sense. I was, I just kind of like, I took that at like surface level. I was like, because he's going to propose. But yeah, with this like, hold on to that bouquet. uh, Keep it in the fridge. It's going to need to be fresh in five days. (laughs) In the fridge, exactly. And like, I also, (laughs) like, if we think about that even a little bit further, like, put all of ourselves in the position like remember to Christmas 2019 the week in between Christmas and New Year's is I realize 2020 has been a confusing mess overall but the week between Christmas and New Year's is maybe the most confusing span of time oh yeah for people ceases to exist who celebrate these holidays, right? It's like, should we be in a party dress eating borsan cheese on a rice cracker? Should we be in sweatpants watching Christmas Prince at noon? Eating a shrimp ring. <laughs> exactly. Like what literally are we supposed to be doing? Can you imagine planning a wedding during that span of time? 
Oh my god, that's honestly that's like guaranteed breakup. Just yeah, like, for sure. If you want to like, that's probably what it's probably what he's doing. He's probably just trying to. He can't. You know, we know Kevin. He's very passive. He can't. <laughs> uh, he can't have the conversation. So he's just trying to like create the condition where she has to break up with him. Yeah. So he's like, it's Christmas today. We're gonna get married in five days. <laughs> Um, keep that bouquet. <laughs> yeah, keep that bouquet. <laughs> but it's somewhere special. Maybe Kevin is some kind of a fin dom. Oh. Like, or a fin sub, I should say. He's it's a, a financial fin. sub. Oh. And, and she has been like controlling his money the entire year. <laughs> yes. And, and setting up a wedding, which makes oh sense. Like she's royal. She's used to yeah. doing that. So. I mean, I will say, spoiler alert for Christmas, no, Princess Switch 2 switched again. I believe at the beginning of that film, Margaret and Kevin are not together. So. Oh, because I thought I read that the premise was that. Oh, uh, did you mention that at the wedding, the orphans are there? (laughs) And so is the old gremlin. Oh, Oh, yes, of course. Mr. Who invited Gremlin. him? <laughs> um, and yeah, and it's, I guess it's supposed to show that they've like maintained their relationship with all of them as sincere, performative uh, charity proprietors. Yeah, the, the little Moppet girl comes up at one point and is like, now you are a real princess. Oh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> it's like, Oh, wow. I'm so glad to see you turn into a princess. I'm still what you would call an orphan. Yeah. Um, I still live in poverty in a home. So glad you're a princess. The the little orphan girl is like, can I take some of these sandwiches home with me? (laughs) (laughs) So dark. Maybe a layer of that cake. The cake was very nice. I I wondered if Stacy made it. I have to assume that she did. I would have loved it if they had shown just a, a little bit in the wedding where the if they if the catering had been from the dad from a Christmas prince. Oh, you know like it was. His company and the German lady. Yeah. No, she was Russian. Oh right, she was Russian. So that's the end of the movie. <laughs> that is the end. Yes. Oh boy. Um, that was one was so I think- rough. tight and light movie. <laughs> Nice and light. It actually wasn't. It was um. It was an hour and forty something. It was but, like. But they got all of the exposition and like <laughs> the first two thirds of the plot out of the way in seven minutes, so yeah. we could just have a nice little puff pastry for the rest of it. <laughs> That's true. That's a good point. Point taken. Yeah, they saved us a lot of work. <laughs> they saved us a lot of work. <laughs> Um, so we've talked about some spots where it could have been gayer. Um, we talked about some triad dynamics. Does anyone have any, uh, final thoughts about those or other pieces of this movie? Would either of you recommend this movie to anyone? Uh, no. (laughs) Can't. Can't think of a single person I'd recommend this to. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine a situation where I would recommend this movie to somebody. 
I feel like anyone that I would know who would want to watch it probably already knows about it. Like, has probably already found it. Are those people you, me, and Allison Cooley? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I gotta say, I, considering how, like, I, I had already watched this movie, but I guess I just forgot how, even for one of these movies, it's pretty crazy and and not particularly great so i'm it's pretty a, un, it's pretty unbelievable yeah it's it's made me a little apprehensive about watching the sequel now oh buckle up scott we don't it, have a we don't have a guest star for that one i think it's just, just you and me you. that's probably just as well oh it's gonna be a wild ride yeah, we should probably actually apologize to this one <laughs> <laughs> no it's gonna be good it's gonna be great all right okay um, mm-hmm. yeah uh do you need a guest for the sequel <laughs> are, are you actually volunteering kind of, to watch another one of these i feel invested now wow i don't i don't want to mess with your your programming but, wow uh, well let's it's like um the sunk cost fallacy i'm like okay i've spent <laughs> all this time watching princess switch <laughs> now i'm gonna bail just as the sequel comes out Hadley's- i went through all of that just to not watch the sequel hadley says this is who i am now <laughs> <laughs> the princess switch watcher that's right that's right great i mean we can talk about the continuum no of all of our fanfic it's perfect <laughs> oh yeah oh, um boy. Great. Oh, well, Hadley. That's a shocking twist to the end of this episode. It is a twist. It is a twist. I'm back tomorrow, everyone, to hear Hadley again. <laughs> a broken man. <laughs> yes. Well, Hadley, thank you for being our guest star for oh Princess Switch. And thank you for being one of our uh, theme song talents. Scott, do you want to tell people where they can find you on the internet? Look for me at heyscottmarshall.com. All my information is there. Uh, Hadley, where where should people look for you, if anywhere? Uh, LinkedIn.com, <laughs> uh, where you can find out all of my summer jobs that I haven't deleted off of there yet, nice. dating back to like 2010. Um, uh, I, I will... Uh, What's what's the term they use? You, I'll endorse you back. You endorse me for podcasting. Do on now? I'll endorse. I'll endorse you for um, being an audience member. Good audience. If the, nice. I don't know if that's one of the options. I don't um, think I've signed into LinkedIn in about seven years, but I'll sign in and I'll follow you, <laughs> and then we can endorse each other and we can really build up uh, some synergy. That's right. Wow. There's some really amazing networking going on here today, folks. This That's is really yes. the main thing this podcast is for. <laughs> B2B. Network. Small business connections. Small, biz- small business networking, synergy. Job creation. You know, real-time right. investment opportunity. We're consolidating our resources here, folks. Here yep. And we're passing the savings on to you. <laughs> So. <laughs> great well hadley thank you again uh thank oh, you thanks for having me that was a real pleasure what a joy um 
Thank you everyone for listening and we'll be back in your ears tomorrow with Hadley again, talking about Princess Switch 2 Switched again. Let's do it. Wow. Thanks guys. Oh my gosh. Thank you. You've been listening to season one, episode 18 of a podcast in a queer tree by Nicole Marcoux and Scott Marshall with special guest Hadley State. Visit a podcast in a queer tree.com for this episode's links plus our social media and a link to our Patreon. Don't forget to play bingo along with us when you're watching holiday movies. You can find the cards at hallmarkmoviebingo.com. Our theme music is by a lion and a crab, but they'd never say so. Thanks for listening. We hope you'll join us again tomorrow, but whatever you do, we love you. Happy holidays. <laughs>